0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do anything. Mm-hmm, yeah, El-no, 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 El-no. I
1: can do anything. Yeah, El-no, 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 El-no. Welcome back to episode number sixteen to the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick,
0: and I'm Antonia.
1: And we are back at it again, inching closer to the Thanksgiving break for you. And I've been on Thanksgiving break for the past three weeks. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but here we are back at it again, still recording. Yes. Any good news this week?
0: Um, One more week until Thanksgiving break.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: One more week. Five days. We get the whole week where I teach. Um, I know everyone is not as fortunate, but I am ready.
1: Awesome. I've seen you've done a lot of posts surrounding your uh, Diwali. Is that how you say that?
0: Yes. Or actually, yes and no. So I learned it's also okay. di, uh, Diwali, like a a V sound. Okay. Um, Because some of the sounds in our language, are not replicated in Hindi. Mm. So that was interesting to learn about. It went really well. Um, I did get quite a few questions about um, like how it seemed like I was taking a tourist approach to celebrating Diwali, which I guess when you're only providing snapshots of what you're doing in your class, like it can easily look that way. So we celebrated Diwali and... The parents came in and brought everything that we were going to do. So I, like I said in last week's episode, I just kind of asked what they wanted to do and let them take the lead, which is why I was okay with us doing as many crafts as we did. And we'd also learned about it all throughout the week. It had been on our calendar. We'd been talking about it since like the very beginning of the school year when I learned what holidays were important to the families in my classroom. So I... I am okay with them doing crafts to celebrate a holiday that quite a few children in my classroom celebrate.
1: So when you say that you're celebrating this this holiday in class, is this a part of your reading unit? Are you doing this of a morning meeting? Like how are you fitting this in or are you or is it like weaved into like a, a heavy part of your curriculum?
0: So our standard in Texas, we have TEKS. Our standard for the week was making connections to the larger community. And that tied in perfectly because you can pick the books that relate to the topic that you're trying to cover. And people celebrating Diwali is a part of the larger community for these five-year-olds. And so just for the second hour of our ELA block, because from 8 to 10, we're doing ELA-oriented activities. That's when I had the parents come in and um, do all those stations with them. But for the week, we had several read-alouds that related to the holiday. Um, And it doesn't always, like, my read-aloud may not always match the standard or the teak for the week. But as often as I can, I try to, I hate to say manipulate, but you have to know your teaks really well to know what you can slide in and still be covering your bases.
1: Teak for the week, teak for the week. I feel like that can be a song. Not that you don't have it already, but that's just.
0: I think I would pass on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, stop laughing. Okay. (laughs) So yeah,
0: knowing your teak is how you can get away with. I hate to say get away. That sounds so bad. But knowing your teak is how you can squeeze this stuff in.
1: Um, I've had an amazing week. I have decided to take a break from DC, so I am here in Detroit, as I said last week that I would be. I want to give a shout out to Unite at Indiana University. OMG, they were fantastic. I had a great time chatting it up with them. Um, they are a group of young future teachers they're pre-service teachers and i don't think i've ever really met a group of pre-service teachers that were so aware of the climate and you know of the world but still are so dedicated to joining this crazy ass work that we do in education so i just wanted to say shout out to them
0: yay i'm glad that went well for you you were really excited
1: yes Yes, it was really cool. I also um was able to speak with a group.
0: <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> a group of aspiring principals and district leaders here in Michigan. Principals. Principals. Wow. Wow. Funny how the tables have turned um and not in a shady way, but I just found it completely ironic that I was fired by a principal for bold ideas that I had in education, and then literally a couple of weeks later, I'm giving a little talk to principals and district leaders about those same ideas um and what was cool about that is that I was able to kind of lead with my story of termination and so I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to understand that there really is a strong disconnect between teachers and administrators in the building, or sorry, not in the building, in uh, in education, right? In school buildings. And I want people to take that seriously be, because there is power in collective leadership. There is power in teacher leadership, but there is oppression and hierarchy. And so I want people to kind of like see my story as a real life example of real life bullshit um, and how we can kind of, you know, kind of move forward uh, with that. So I'm trying to kind of use my story to kind of move forward.
0: Thank you. for are doing a good job with that.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, sis. I appreciate that. <laughs> um Yeah, so, you know, I'm having a good time here in Michigan. It's cold. It's 38 degrees. Oh, my
0: God. That's awful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about you. I'm like, Antonia will be pissed
0: to be here. It was was 75 today.
1: I don't have anything to say. Is it going to be hot next week, though, for NCTE? No,
0: we're getting fake winter, apparently.
1: Are you kidding me? So I shouldn't bring my swimming trunks?
0: No, you should probably bring them to be safe, but... Yeah.
1: That's really sad.
0: I mean, we oscillate between seasons within a day, so you never know.
1: You never know. It's supposed to be in the week.
0: high 60s next week. High 60s? Yeah.
1: <sighs> and with I'm the sun out, awake. it'll still be warm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's better than 30, 38 degrees, yes, which is. I, you know... Sometimes you'll walk home to your car. It's like team too much. Um, any other good news? Let me see.
0: One week closer to being done with this YA so white class.
1: Oh, God bless you. Yeah. One more week. I feel like you've been in that joint forever.
0: Forever. Yeah. Almost done with it.
1: I'm proud you made it through. How did that um professor evaluation go?
0: <laughs> I haven't compl- I haven't finished typing it up yet. I have until the end of the semester. I'm like take collecting my time.
1: receipts. Yes, take your time. I love it. She got attachments.
0: I got a lot to say.
1: OMG. Uh one thing I've been, you know, contemplating on is like what is my next move? And um, I'm really grateful for, you know, some opportunities that I have. My goal is to, you know, talk about my next move within like 3 weeks. So by the end of Thanksgiving, hopefully I have something locked down. I feel very optimistic about it. Um so I'm extremely excited about that.
0: Oop, oop, but can't wait to hear.
1: Yes, girl. But I think the best piece about it all is that we are reuniting again next week.
0: Yes. This time in my city.
1: <clears throat> this time in your city. That's so awesome. Um, In Houston, Texas, for the National Council of Teachers of English Convention, it's going to be lit. I just want to shout out my father on this podcast. And I don't think he listens, but I want to shout out my dad. Okay. Because my school that fired me asked NCTE for a refund on my registration. And I am presenting twice and attending a meeting on anti-bias and anti-racism. So I have things to do in Houston, Texas. But I didn't have a registration. And I was wondering, what am I going to do? You know, because I am about to be walking around without a name badge.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Looking lost. Looking like a fugitive. You know what I'm saying?
0: Can't even get on the convention center floor.
1: Can't even get on the <laughs> they like, who is this young man? Who is this young man?
0: That's the so worst part of conferences. Like, you can get into the sessions, but when you want to go to all the good stuff, like, you, I'm sorry, you can't.
1: No, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Checking for badges. Mm-hmm. Where's your badge? For, yeah. Who are you? Like, who are you? So we got things to do in Houston. So I just want to shout out my dad for paying my registration when I thought I was not going to be able to make it.
0: Oh, <laughs> so sweet.
1: Yeah. Shout out to my dad. You know, he came through with the clutch um, with the conference registration. So I will be at NCTE. With the lanyard, ready to go. Do I have a witness in the house?
0: (laughs) What did you put down?
1: I put Common Sense Podcast co-host. Nice. Did you do the same thing? Because I don't look like a fool.
0: You'll have to wait and see.
1: Wow. (laughs) I almost thought about, so I, for those folks who didn't know, I was struggling with what do I put down for like my school or institution, which was a required field for your registration. So I was thinking like, maybe I wanted to put like Hillman college professor of freedoms, uh, freedom fighting and freedom studies or um, Harriet Tubman elementary school um, K through six social justice warrior, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> as like a little um, as a little trolling, or maybe I wanted to put like um marcus garvey university something director director of teachers pay teachers no uh, (laughs) director of teachers pay teachers um you know institute something like that so you know i decided not to troll as much i'm pretty sure that the tpt people would not even be in the building because okay they're gonna be there you think
0: I'll keep it to myself.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't... Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, NCTE is really about like not worksheet building, more so about building literacy within students without using worksheets, but in an innovative fashion. So I'm really excited about it. But today on our podcast, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. So we got this recommendation from a listener, and this is a real-life question. So we talked about last week teaching kind of consuming our lives, right? But in order for us to live our whole life, we know that teaching and classroom teaching cannot consume our entire life. And one piece that always stands out or that people always ask questions about is... How do you date while being a teacher? How do you pursue love and romance?
0: Not pursue love. The way you said that.
1: <laughs> I sound like a Fabio novel. You
0: do. You sound like, a, what is it? The There used to be a radio station where it's like, uh, goodness. It was like an R&B station late at night. And the guy had like this radio talk voice. I don't even know. It's one oh five point seven in Dallas.
1: Anyway. Is it seal?
0: No, it's like I don't want to say it was called the it was called the Oasis. Was it a syndicated show?
1: I don't know, but it sounds really dirty. I mean,
0: it was just old school R and B, like, but well yeah, old school R and B was kinda dirty.
1: Do you think it's hard to date and be a teacher at the same time? I
0: I don't think so. I think for me, it's easy to separate. Well, it's not actually easy to separate it. Having someone who is interested in the same things that you are and understands that the work you do is not just something that you clock into makes it a lot easier.
1: Yes.
0: So for me, a lot of times the way that we spend time together might be us going to a coffee shop because... we both enjoy coffee um and maybe i'm working on something and he's working on something but it's still us being together spending time together also the things that i i just enjoy he also enjoys and so i'm not having to go out of my way to and he's not having to go out of his way to find things for us to do because we're naturally inclined to do the same things in our free time and so Just linking up and being able to do those two things together makes it really, well, not two things, but those things together makes it easy. So I think that's a huge part of it. Someone who has shared interest, and I know a few weeks ago, maybe you asked, "Do like opposites attract, or is there power in like similarities?" Is something along those lines? You asked.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, cool opposites attract, whatever. But I, I definitely agree, and support the idea. This there's power and similarity. So. What about you? I have,
1: it, it, oh man. I have found that it is really hard to find somebody outside of education, like somebody who's not a teacher while dating, who truly empathizes with the logistics of teaching, more so who empathizes with the work that we do, and values the work that we do.
0: I would agree with that. I think it's easier when like someone has a direct connection to a teacher outside of you. So like they may be more understanding if maybe their best friend is a teacher, their mom was a teacher, their aunt was a teacher, but those who don't have any anyone in their inner circle that teaches, yeah, they don't get it.
1: But that's really frustrating to me because I often think about... <laughs> Do I want to date another teacher? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like stress on stress. It's like hours on hours. I mean, there's a there's a way or there's a a connection there because teaching is such a traumatizing profession. And it's nice to go through it with somebody who's going through it as well. But it's like you almost want to escape it um by dating or spending your time with somebody who is not a part of the profession.
0: Yeah, I don't think I could date a teacher. (sighs) I would lose my mind. And two, they they need to make more money than I do. So yeah, that that wouldn't work. I don't like I want to share my teaching stories, but I don't really I don't want to hear yours too. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, that's real. That's yeah. okay. So
0: for me, I think I have like a limit of three stories I get to share a day and that's it because, and it's not, it, I struggled with it at first, but it's nice because it's a way for me to cut off and remind myself not everyone wants to hear those stories. Like I get that I spent. You spent your whole day with five year olds and they're hilarious and they're funny, but that's not the world to everyone else. And so having someone who doesn't teach and who like tries their best to stay engaged with the stories, it's taught me a lot about picking up on body language when people are just tired about hearing about kids. So mm. <laughs> so I it's been able I've been able to like translate that over to other people. And so like when I'm out with other friends that aren't teachers, I'm like, okay, you've told one story. Stop. Like, which I don't think I would be that good at that if I were dating someone who was a teacher. And then I'd have to hear, it's just drama times too, like you said. I don't know.
1: I think when it comes to dating non-teachers, I have really struggled with um, getting past the the no-no list. Do you know what the no-no list is?
0: Enlighten (laughs) us.
1: So I have this like no no list for, for teach for non teachers who I am attempting to date or schmooze or get to know or sweet talk something like that, right? And okay, <laughs> too much. Okay. Um and so for me, um, for me, I I like to share stories of my teaching experience just so I can hear what the other person has to say because a true strong respect for teachers is necessary. If we're going to date, that's just it. Yeah. So if I tell you I'm a teacher and, a, and your first response to me is, "Ooh." y'all don't make that much money y'all do not get the pay y'all deserve i don't need to hear that from you don't you think i already know that (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like clearly everybody in america knows that we don't make enough money why do i need you to say that to me at a nice restaurant like that to me is degrading
0: where's the check
1: where <laughs> check please i'm
0: gonna be leaning check around the please. table where's our waiter
1: thank you so much check please there's another um no no and that is somebody who disrespects the community or children that i serve right so if i tell you man you, you know yes i'm a teacher oh kid is bad as hell Okay, hold on now. Now I can talk about my kids, but you—you can't. You may not. Right. So it's like you. I quickly turn into Papa Bear really quickly. Like I don't know you, and you don't know my kids. So keep your mouth closed. Okay. One, two, three. All eyes on me. Real talk. Right. So like those are my top two no nos. My third. This lack of understanding or knowledge of the work it takes to implement, like, lessons and to, like, truly be our best teaching selves, right? So, kind of like you said, we have to lesson plan on the weekends. That's just the reality of the matter. Um, Well, except for you, because you finish on Fridays. But for many of us... I be trying. Like, <laughs> like we lesson plan on the weekends we grade on the weekends and no i don't need your help grading thank you so much though oh god um, no yeah uh, uh-uh. no I, I don't need your help grading that's that's not like like a cute little house date but i'm but i'm good thank you you gonna mess I'm, it
0: up and i'm gonna have to look at it again anyway
1: i'm gonna have to look at it again anyway i'm good love and joy <laughs> <laughs> right um Or, like, not understanding why we don't come home at the same time every day. Right? So, it's like, damn. First, you came home on 3.30 this day. You came home at 4 o'clock this day, 4.30 this day. Right? Like Where you been? (laughs) 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 To be a teacher is really to go with the flow, with everything that you do. Like, with everything. So... It's it's like finding somebody who truly understands or wants to understand like the complexity of of our work is extremely challenging. But then on the other extreme of that, you, I'm reluctant to date somebody who's going through the same thing because it just causes for like a high stress relationship.
0: Yep. Told you I ain't with it.
1: But I find teachers to be so attractive, so I don't know. Watch chat. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't have drink. <laughs> I can
0: <laughs> I'm going to take out the part about finding teachers attractive.
1: Yes. <coughs> <laughs> Thank you, I will.
0: Somebody going to make a comment about me saying they got to make more than I do. That's okay. And I stand by it.
1: Stand by your shirt. Somebody gotta
0: buy these books for me.
1: The funny thing about all of this is that though being a millennial and dating and and being a teacher is tough. (laughs) I feel like all of my teachers growing up were married or like engaged or in like some sort of like long term thing. You know, just from my experience. So Feel like, there's hope for me. Um, and
0: <laughs> I wanted to start singing Don't Stop Believing. But <laughs> don't, everyone, reached the no- everyone reached the notes, so don't I didn't
1: stop. You gotta bring it down. Believe in. Real talk. Than though. I would have done. I'm not gonna stop. Um, but I would love to hear, you know, from the listeners, y'all's experience of dating and. How you balance your career with your dating life that's a real life struggle real talk um because as we said for the last several weeks now, we are not just teachers we are more than all of that. We are teachers, but we're also lovers too mm-hmm, too much. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And we're back. You can send your questions to us at commonsensepod at gmail.com or you can send them to us through our website at commonsensepod.com.
1: Very good, Antonia. I'm proud of you. Yay. That was great. We have tons of questions this week. Let's see if we can pick a couple that we can offer some insight into. Um, This came up a lot. So let's just go ahead and address this. What are your thoughts on if students hit a teacher? Are they wrong for hitting back?
0: Oh, child. (laughs) I had, oh my goodness. I've had so many conversations about that this week
1: it has been horrendous you know because i'll be at home during the day and and the viral violence that happens in schools ugh, between teachers and students is it's really hard to watch it's really hard to watch the nation kind of have a conversation on it it's cringe worthy to see these physical altercations. It's cringeworthy because I don't even know where I stand on these issues. I just know that violence should not be happening in classrooms. They should not be happening in schools, period. But they especially should not be happening between adults and children. But... (sighs) schools have become stressful places where students and teachers are stressed to their maximum levels and everybody mad and And so everybody and so i can empathize with teachers who have reached their limits
0: I can agree I can, with that, yeah.
1: I can also understand students who don't know proper channels of expressing their anger. I can also understand that as well. Because it happens at all ages, right? Students have temper tantrums from the time they enter school to the time they leave. I've I've seen them at all levels. I think the real question here is not if a teacher or a student should hit them back, because by the time you get to that question, it's too late. Yeah. The real question is, how do we prevent this thing from happening in the first place?
0: Oh, no, child. I don't know, It's a mess. It's a mess. There needs to be a conversation that happens, because a conversation and some type of action because so often when these instances occur, the child is right back in the classroom with that same teacher. Um, and I'm not going to say you should suspend a child, but man, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know. Everybody's mad. I
1: Everybody's did. Mad. I, I
0: do have a story. I had my first year of teaching. I had a child hit me. And Hmm. I was across the, my room was across the hall from the office. And nothing in my undergraduate experience had prepared me for what to do when a child hits you.
1: Nothing. Not a goddamn thing.
0: And I knew, like, I'm not going to hit a child back. I'm not going to hit a six-year-old back. But I also knew I felt really disrespected and that my admin wasn't going to support me. Mm. and so i took the child to the office and i said i'm putting a sub in for the rest of the day and i'm going home
1: wow
0: and there's a, a law in texas where like if you feel that it's not conducive to your safety or the classroom environment that a child can be moved into another teacher's classroom um i don't recall the name of the law but a lot of teachers are unaware of it, and they're being they're they're continuing to have to endure situations with children that it may not be best for anyone involved, right? Another teacher may be a, a better teacher for this child. Um, where children can be moved to different classrooms and not at all just like as a punishment, but just you know, if a child hits you and other children see that th- like a conversation something needs to happen. To rec- not to rectify the situation, but like we've all experienced something, and we all need to talk about this. Um, but there's a law, and I, because I was a part of a teacher's union, I was able to have a meeting, and that little friend went to another class, and I came back the next day, and he had a great rest of the year, and I was fine the rest of the year. But like, just allowing it to happen. And nothing, like nothing happens, and no, like, I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm just gonna leave it like that. I don't know. All I know is I took my half day and I went home because nothing good was gonna come the rest of that day.
1: Absolutely. I think it's really on schools to ensure, well, not schools, excuse me, principals, administrators, the, the strangers in our houses. <laughs> It's up to them to ensure that students have the correct interventions in place so that these kind of things don't happen. These kind of things happen because we don't do things proactively in schools. Instead, we wait until shit like this goes down and then we have to make a certain reaction. And then like, you know, teachers are put in corners where they have no choice but to to defend themselves I think there are so many instances like the videos that we've seen where this child might need a dedicated aid or this child might need um, some sort of behavioral sup- like sup- like support. Um, like we don't see the full picture. We only see those yeah. two or three minutes where like sh- the, the, the stuff has hit the fan I'm trying to watch my cursing. <laughs> right. Um. But but there are so many things that we can do to intervene. I so I've been hit, you know, so many times by first and second graders. Not really so much by my big kids because by that time I started my class, you know, on the first year of school. Like, yes, my name's Patrick, and I am a red belt. That's how I started off my classroom. <laughs> but uh, first and second grade, you know, like I was hit a lot. But those kids were going through a lot, right? A lot. And by that time, I had realized that I had re-traumatized them by my teaching practices, right? The things that I was doing, the yelling that I was doing, the disregarding of their triggers, like it caused them to react in a particular way. And so I had to go back and say, okay, this child does not like it when I move on. So quickly and leave them behind, right? It, it it causes this absurd reaction, or this child does not like it when I yell and scream at them when they make a itty bitty mistake. I gotta check that, right? And while we don't, you know, while I'm a six foot man, you know, who's teaching first and second graders, like I still was emotionally like, damn. You know, like, these kids really just came for me physically, right? Um, But I had to kind of do something to help my children. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, these are children we're talking about. We're not talking about grown people, right? We're, We're talking about people whose brains are still developing, who are still processing so much information that they can't even fathom, right? Yeah um and so we like we have to empathize with them but we have to do two things we 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 have to put some the we we, we have to put the interventions in place and we have to protect our staff and 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 uh and teachers
0: that's what because i was about to say because I'm, I'm not signing up to be hit every day i
1: was just about to say there's not one teacher that has signed up or got their certification to get in a boxing match with with a student
0: that is not Ooh. under duties as assigned
1: Period. Like Michelle Obama said. Period. (laughs) Seriously. We didn't sign up for that. So that's how, that's all I have to say about that.
0: Okay. Well, next question.
1: So the next question comes from... I think of Miss Evans. Hi, Antonia mentioned that she sends out a family survey to parents and guardians, and I'm wondering what is that? What is included in that? I have a pretty basic family survey, so I'm wondering what you include to get an understanding of your child's funds of knowledge. I send a family survey out too, but I just wanted to.
0: They didn't ask yeah. about yours, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a slightly fake laugh, but hey, you know. Guys i do let it rock, though. I'll let it rock. <laughs> there it
0: goes again. <laughs> Here's a real one. Okay, go ahead. Oh, dear God. So on my family survey, I ask about an academic goal that they have for their child, a social-emotional goal. I have a spot where they can, uh, they can ask or list any concerns that they have about the grade level. Ways that I can make their child feel safe. There was a specific question about how can I support them and their child in teaching our class about their family's culture and the celebrations that are important to them. And then I asked what languages are spoken in their home. And sometimes I noticed that parents were hesitant to put down what celebrations are important to them. But once other children started sharing that information, it started coming out of the other kids, and I was able to just send a message home asking to confirm or to get more information about what I heard in the class. So that's what's sent on my family survey. Is there anything different on yours?
1: Um, Not really. I think I just like to ask what are, are their parents' goals for their kids or what do they want to see um, their child succeeding or improving over the year um, because I want them to be as invested in goal setting for their kid as I am. And as the kid is, because we are, we are a team. So that's really important. Moving right along. This next question asks, how do you structure your classrooms for students with IEPs and disabilities? So I know for me, like there are people who study special education for a reason right and i think that we general education teachers don't do enough collaboration with special education teachers um i know in my experience as a teacher the special ed teachers have planned separately they've come they've picked the child up They've delivered their lessons and they've dropped the child off and we'll talk every now and again, but it's never really been like a true authentic collaboration. So I don't think I'll, I'll just be honest here. I don't think I've done anything to truly do anything different to accommodate for them outside of like basic assignment collaborations. And that's just because one, I don't think I knew enough Um two I think I was just overwhelmed with the daily duties of being a teacher that I didn't, that I just kind of saw them as like a kid without disabilities, you know, like I kind of just erased that. And I don't think that that truly helped them out as a kid. So I, I truly would just like apologize. because I don't think that I did my job at all, but if I can go back and do it again, I would say like truly spending time sitting down with, um, those people who are specialized and certified in special education to ensure that we are doing things, uh, correctly. That's what I would do differently.
0: There's never enough time though, right? Never enough time. Um, I've become increasingly aware of the fact that I am not a special education. I like that. I don't have that certification. Um, when things come up, I I am immediately aware of like I hate to label them as a shortcut com- like a shortcoming, um, but I can identify my gaps of knowledge when it relates to children who have specific needs for certain whatever um, or certain disabilities, and in the past in my well in the past in my experience, so in my classroom. There may be, like, I think they ha- they call it must-do, may-do lists. That kind of helps the child stay on track. Um, and because I've only taught K and first, that's probably to the extent that I've done anything in my classroom. And I could have certainly done more, but it's so hard to get children the services and the testing that they need to be identified for those services in Texas that I'm I'm certain there were children floating in my classrooms that needed more attention that I wasn't aware of. So we could all do better, right?
1: We are. I just want to say two things of ab- about SPED students. One, black and brown children are overrepresented in the SPED population. Two, just because a student has an IEP does not mean that we need to lower our expectation for them or lower what we think that they can truly do because they literally can with the uh, right accommodations and support can achieve just as much and even more than um, those those general education students. So let's do better and acknowledge that. Okay. All right. So last question, how do you prepare kids that Don't want to go to college. And why do you think that there isn't more schools that focus on trades?
0: Capitalism.
1: (laughs) She's not lying, though.
0: I mean, if we really want to get to the root of it, that's what it is. I was being funny, but yeah. Because the the push to go to college has, like, trickled down all the way down to pre-K now. It's like, they don't even Ugh. understand the concept of, why are we talking about that in, in pre-K? Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. I was appalled during my first year of teaching and my second year. When every single classroom is named after a college, that's a real thing. For what in the first grade should I be pressuring my students to prepare to go to college in the first grade? Like, I truly believe that school should be, especially in elementary school, like magical Disneyland, Hogwarts, Universal Studios, out of this world, like, teaching and learning because we want them to be hooked on learning, period. College is so much pressure. Like there's so much pressure invested. Um, There's so much pressure surrounded around going and applying and attending and matriculating through and graduating college. I'm not trying to burden my elementary school students with that. And I also think that high school's focus way too much on the co- like college as the only option for them post graduation and I blame a, a little bit of that on Auntie Michelle oh like I I want her uh, better make room campaign to like better make room at the IT place down the street better <laughs> make room like to the plumbing school, too. We Better a, make room. We
0: have a very, or our society has a very narrow definition of success. And it is defined not by us. Um, I'm trying to think of a politically correct way to say it.
1: You don't have to be political well, you can on say, the you, can,
0: you want to say it for me? Who, do, who defines success in America? Whites. So when we're trying to maintain or play catch up, right with
1: elite. I'm sorry. Let me clarify. Elite, rich white men.
0: Well, isn't there? There's a an acronym. Is it WASP?
1: <laughs> I've never really. I learned that in school. Here, <laughs> I did. It's
0: like I've white.
1: Never heard white that.
0: Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I learned it in in middle school, I think. Um, but trying to ascribe to a pattern of success, success that they ascribe to um, will still leave us wanting more, I guess. Like, I just the the goals cannot be the same.
1: Ultimately, I think that students can do whatever the hell they want to do, as long as they are achieving whatever dreams that they truly feel they are extremely passionate about right and it is our job as educators to point them in the right direction to get the training that they need to get to the goals that they have set for themselves so if students are extremely passionate about um, hands on like building and things like 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 that yes they can go to a a a university and major in engineering or construction management Or they can go around the corner and go to the local school and get a certification and start their own company and still do the same job, right? It's, It's our job as educators to provide them with options, not with ultimatums.
0: I think you said that more beautifully than I ever could have.
1: That's all I'm saying. We're on the same page. I will no longer name my classroom after college. At all, I would never do that again. I would never do that again, never, ever, ever.
0: I think it's it's like it's an effort to try to play catch up because a lots of times children from more affluent backgrounds they're aware of what college is in kindergarten because their parents constantly talk about the college or like they go to the college often because maybe their parent works out of college. Like several kids in my class, their parents our professors so they understand that this idea of college is where older big people go and when you may be teaching or working in a community where that's not necessarily the norm people feel like there's a need to play catch up and like maybe if we start talking to them about this in kindergarten you know maybe by the time we get to high school maybe it's something that they'll want to do when like you said like we we don't need to be forcing that on children like ultimately it's their choice.
1: It's their choice, and that's a a philosophical decision that we have to make, and a, a question that we have to wrestle with is: Do children really need um, college to be successful in their lives? And then the second question is: Do like are the stakes higher for Black and Brown children that um, like or is going to college like a high like higher stakes for Black and Brown children because of our social positioning because I've never been to a white school where every single classroom was named after a college that's that's a strategic move um and 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 I and I know that babies even in the poorest communities know that college exists and know the purpose of college and want to go to the purpose of college. I don't think that naming their classroom after college truly, truly makes that big of a difference. But I get nervous that shoving it down their throats actually will do the, like the exact opposite. I think modeling that, like modeling the pride that you have for your college or colleges that that you're passionate about. Because I know Anthony you don't really be caring about.
0: Like, I don't. You don't
1: really wrap, yeah, you don't really like wrap once your. Once a college, year, I like. do. Yeah. So, you know, college that like that you care about, like modeling that and sharing your experiences is is great. College tours. Great. Um, But students should also be like going to entrepreneurship workshops and they should like like, like there are so many things and so many avenues in the age of social media that our students like like that they can latch onto they know and have seen examples of people that they look up to who did not go to college who are living the lives that they want to live they grew up in an era of youtube where somebody has pulled out a digital camera and created hilarious funny videos and created a substantial living for themselves they have um pulled like they have seen rappers who have and we have too, right? Who have put their pain to a pen and created a a living for themselves? They have seen like people around their block who have hustled and hustled and hustled hard, right, and created a living for themselves. Like college is not the only option. I think we want to try to help them navigate like those societal. Things that like are going to require like some education, right? And I think that post second, like post education, is really important. But that's only going to come if we make sure that those high school students, those middle school students, and those elementary schoolers have a a outstanding love for learning. And they don't have a if they don't have an intrinsic motivation to learn, then all of this is for nothing.
0: And there's your sermon for the week, guys.
1: <laughs> and on that note, if you have any questions, please send them to commonsensepod at gmail.com or you can send them to our website at www.commonsensepod.com. I know we got a quote this week, right?
0: Our quote this week is from Maya Angelou.
1: Yes! Come on now. That's my godmother. Okay.
0: she says my great hope is to laugh as much as I cry to get my work done and to try to love somebody and have the courage to accept the love in return
1: yes yes I really like the
0: part where it says to get my work done and try to love somebody
1: and to try to love some somebody right Because both can happen and both should happen. You know what I'm saying?
0: You deserve love.
1: We all deserve love. We all deserve love, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, our jobs are only temporary. Love lasts forever. And I think that we should invest in that piece of our lives because, you know, It's super important. And I'm not saying, you know, to hop on to elitesingles.com or whatever, you know, that this is not a paid ad. But (laughs) what I'm saying is that there's value in acknowledging that other piece of your life, you know? And whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, right? You know, you don't have to be a teacher, but sometimes we can just get so wrapped up in our careers that we forget about that other piece. Like that missing piece, right? And that doesn't mean hop into a relationship tomorrow. And I don't know why my single ass is giving relationship advice, but I'm just saying you don't have to hop into a relationship tomorrow. What I'm saying is let's just value and recognize that we are worthy of being loved and that we are capable of loving while being in this crazy-ass profession. Amen. And on that note, we will wrap up the show. Any announcements?
0: I don't think so.
1: And on that note, we will wrap up the show. So excited for next week to see all the people at NCTE in Houston. It's going to be a blast. Yay! yep it's gonna be really 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 awesome and thank you guys so much for holding us down go on a date this week if you haven't go ahead log on the singles get on tinder okay so too much too much (laughs) thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you later bye thank you so much for listening to the common sense podcast Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early.
0: You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted.
1: Yes, and we'll see you next time.